Hello, ladies and gentlemen, this is Claudia Monicelli with another episode of Multiple Voices. My Multiple Voices podcast, true to its name, includes different series. For example, we have the Voices of Love, where we discuss relationships, the voice of empowerment, the voice of laughter and play, the voice of pleasure, and the magical voice of archetypes and how they change the way we live. But we also have the voice of memory that includes everything from history to discussions of past life regression. There's also writing voices where we interview both seasoned writers and authors who have just started getting their feet wet with writing and we learn what can work for you as potential writers. Our series called Voice of the Spirit discusses different forms of spirituality and religion. And then Channeling Voices is a series that covers what happens when you channel, but is also extended to mediumship. Take a moment to review this podcast if you've enjoyed listening, and leave a hearty five stars. I'd appreciate it. Enjoy your listening. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I'm here with another guest, and who might that be? Peter James Paul Lawton. He is Mighty Pete, and Mighty Pete is going to tell us his message and talk to us and tell us why that uh, Mighty came into his his name and um, about him. He is a, um, he's from, he has a show, all right, he's a best-selling author, a TEDx speaker, a podcast host, a mentor, an entrepreneur, a property investor, a husband and father of three beautiful girls. And I like that last one. My father also was the father of three beautiful girls. I, mean, he, I don't know what he thought about that, but it was a job. It was a real handful for him, all of our <laughs> boyfriends trying to get in the door. He was, it was terrible. <laughs> and uh, so uh, his inter- the interesting part about Peter is that his background is in project management and property, but something happened in his life that changed it. We could call it a, a spiritual crisis. Many call it um, an existential crisis that has completely uh, turned around his life uh, and who who he is, how he thinks, his perspective. So I'm going to just give him the floor. What do you say, Peter? Welcome to Multiple Voices. <laughs> Well, listen. First of all, thank you, thank you. It's um, it's a it's an honor to be here. So, thank you. First of all, um, yeah. I mean, listen. Thank you for the introduction. It's it's true. I mean, I, I came to a point in my life, um, and I I call it a midlife opportunity because ah. the opposite is a crisis, right? So, wow. it was a midlife opportunity at the time. It was hard, but okay? you're so young. Going, <clears throat> it couldn't have been midlife. You know, we at least go to one hundred. Come on, let's change that. <laughs> well, <laughs> Well, it depends, right? You know, because I mean, I think we we can have a crisis at any point in our lives. There's sure. no doubt about it. And to me, the definition of a crisis is when there's a gap, there's a there's an incongruency between who you are, yeah, and who you truly are, okay, yeah. and also potentially sometimes who you could be. So when you get that gap, I think you lose identity, or you get a sort of almost a mini trauma in the body. Mm-hmm. You get a yeah. a you know, sort of a, a resistance in the body that says, I am out of sorts. Okay. You know, I'm out of where I should be. I, I want to get this straight. So when you say who we are and who we could be, um, mm-hmm. many people talk about masks. 
I go to work, I do my project management, and I have to wear a mask. And then when I get home to these three beautiful girls, I have another mask. Is it something like that? Or is it completely one, you know, peat to peat? It's so I, I think it's more than that. Um, so I would call them roles. So the roles that you okay. say, I'm a father. Yes. You know, people say, who are you? And we right. recite our roles, right? Right. I'm a father, I'm a mentor, I'm an investor. You know, this is this is externally what you serve as, you know, the places, yeah. what you, you do and what's going on. However, who you are is the question, you know, yeah. who am I? And that's the biggest question of all. So at that point, when I, when I talk about that gap, it's saying is I, I didn't recognize myself. Oh, okay. So I didn't know what I wanted. Was it an, a depression an out and out depression? You didn't see yourself in the mirror. Was, was it getting to that point? It was. Well, I, I openly say I've had depression twice in my life. Uh -huh. um, and it was a mixture of the tail end of depression. Uh -huh. um, I also had a lot going on in my life. Yeah. Um, and, you know, between losing a business and I'd, uh, I lost both my parents. And, mm. you know, there, there was a lot going on. But actually, it was at a point in my life when I was supposed to have supposed to have everything together oh, you know who so said that um, where is that, well, that where is that written <laughs> so, well that's the thing right You've because reading the wrong books my boy <laughs> well do you know and it happens to all of us i think we we play this role yeah and it's through school and what our parents yes, expect right. and what our neighbors expect and all these other people expect and i do think you get to the point in life when you're too exhausted to carry the role any longer yeah and at that point you just go I just want to be me. I'm tired of being something right. else. I'm tired of, you know, it doesn't come naturally. What I was doing was not inspiring me. It was not filling me right. with energy. It was draining me. Yeah. Um, and that's the point. So every step forward was like, you know, taking sort of several steps or several years off my soul, you know, because it was just the, you know, totally out of congruency. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think a lot of people will recognize that when it just becomes, you know, the, the juice is not worth the squeeze. Yeah. You know, you're just saying it just, it's not inspiring me anymore. And it did sort of take that extreme, you know, losing a business and having a newborn child and all these things It took all that coming together for me to slow down long enough to go, my formula is not working. I have tried the ridiculously long hours i've tried sort of external stimulants you know from cigarettes to coffee and thankfully i didn't go you know really yeah. alcohol was okay and yeah, yeah, yeah. um but you know i tried all those things to try and close the gap between who i was and yeah. who i truly was at that time yeah you know, and i think you, we all do that you made me laugh when you were saying uh, the juice is not worth the squeeze and it mm. really sparked a, a flame in my head and in italy they say it's not worth the candle, you know, the, the effort is not worth the candle. So you know where the, that expression, I mean, the Vatican's not far from where I live. So, mm -hmm. so it's funny, it's cute. So now you're in, in the throes of this, um, with one child at the time? With one child at that time, yeah. And like I say, I was at a point in my life and I, I, I think this is quite a common thing. Yeah. When people get to an age, they realize that, you know, they, they, 
they're sort of weighed down by the effort of being who they have always told they were supposed to be or yeah, you know the people pleasing or expectations mm-hmm. all that mm-hmm. and that baggage comes at a price and i think you get to an age especially maybe it's with kids or maybe it's with age or a certain point when you say i can no longer carry that that's too heavy to carry well you were an orphan um, all of a sudden you became an orphan and a dad and we're at, at probably you always look and this is common for mentors you want someone older than you that can teach you something then all of a sudden there you are and you become the teacher and and you you're thinking oh <laughs> I, I hope i know what i'm doing you know <laughs> this is interesting it's gone but right what did you do then well like i say i i realized i couldn't I couldn't work any harder. I couldn't be any more in many ways. But yet I was meeting people who had achieved a hundred times more, a thousand times more. And at which point, you know, because the ego says, listen, I know best and that's it. But when you get to the point of saying, I want to achieve a lot more. Right. And I know I'm capable of a lot more. Yeah. But yet my results don't match my ambitions and my potential. Yeah. And it's at that point when, you know, it's almost a point of realization where you have to put your hands up and saying, maybe I'm not doing this right. Maybe I've got something wrong. Maybe I need to look outside of myself. Yeah. Because it's not a case of going, yes, you just need to do an extra two hours a day or, you know, you need to put your back into a bit more or whatever. Mm-hmm. It was at that point I says, I need to just, I need to really look at my formula completely. Mm-hmm. And it was more or less at that time when, you know, I was sort of walking the roads here um, because this sort of took this took time. I mean, this was 18 oh, months sure. old. Sure. Um, and at that point, then we had we had beautiful oh. twin girls joined us ah, as well. Just to twin add. girls. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> so just to add to the, the, the little, uh, you know, the sort of that, that sort of, Listen, you know, that moment of change. You're making me think um, there were my grandparents parents both of them were twins my grandfather and my grandmother my husband husband's grandparents on one side were twins and i thought they hadn't come out my sisters hadn't had twins and here i was had my first child it wasn't a twin and my husband said look we have too much on our plate we can't we can't i said okay but you know if it happens And so one month later, I became pregnant (laughs) one month later. And I was so afraid they were going to be twins. (laughs) No, they weren't. (laughs) When did you find out that they were twins? At what month? We found out at the 12 week scan. Ah, and I, I'll never nice. forget. For some reason, uh, similar, we have there is twins in our family. Uh-huh. Um, with our first, we were sort of on tender hooks expecting you know, yes. sort of someone would say yeah. twin. For some reason, the second one, again, my head wasn't with it. We were just extremely busy. We were oh. um, buying and building a house and there was loads going on as usual. And I never even thought about it. It's only when the girl's scanning it says, oh, there's two heads. <laughs> um, of course, <laughs> I, I have quite a dry sense of humor. So I just blurted out, is what there is two bodies, monster? you know? <laughs> so... Uh, that's uh so yeah that's how i found out there was there was twins it was like there's two heads night? you know what did you do try to sleep well, as long as you could because that well my, my wife <laughs> well my wife burst into tears i oh just sat God. there with my head in my hands joe so 
Um, and then the nurse you was mean happy joking. tears or sad tears? I, I think it was probably just over. I think it was it was happy tears, you know, because it is a beautiful experience, <laughs> you know. But tears. but um, the nurse jokingly, well, not jokingly, but as part of the procedure, says, "I'm just going to check for a third. And I just oh, said, "Please, don't. oh my god!" I know. Was, was, was she joking? <laughs> no, this this is part of the procedure, oh so they god. have to check for I others as well, right you know. <laughs> and I well, that's the thing. I was like, "Please stop checking," you know. It's <laughs> two's enough. Two's. <laughs> so yes, that's how I find out. So. But that, do you know what? It just kind of amplified, and and I realized that it it kind of took me outside of myself, to be honest with you, yeah. Claudia. You know, and in that, I knew it was no longer about me, right? Personally, there you go. Now I was aware it was all about me, but I was also aware that I had a responsibility to sure. others. Sure. Now, and I, and it's taken me time, and I really sort of I have trouble when people saying I'm doing this for the kids. I think that personally, I think that's mm-hmm. very wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, it's you've got to do it with you. And the light and the example and the the actual, you know, when your cup flows over, that's when you provide and you feel, you know, as opposed to laying down and, you know, being, you know, sacrificing yourself for All someone right, else. Let's let's pull this apart because hmm. it's not very clear. There's a lot of meta- metaphors there. Um, but let's say um, I see the expression, I'm doing this for your own good, a husband and wife. Well, I'm always thinking of you. Well, I'm, you know, working and I'm working for you. You know, I get that. And we know that that may be partially true. There's an ego there. We we get that. Now, in in the case of the children, see if you can explain it with different words. Because I'm having trouble seeing where Pete was at that moment. Uh, I've always been of that elk that... You know, it's it's like, and I'm not a religious person, but mm-hmm. from the Bible is, yeah. you know, you're better to teach someone how to fish than yes. to give them the fish. Yes. You know, and I'm very much of that, um, you know, we all have roles and responsibilities in life. Right. We all have potential in life. So for one person to come out and say that I'm better or you are here to serve me, I don't agree with. Mm-hmm. And that includes kids. You know, don't get me wrong, I love my daughters, you know, with my whole heart. But at the same time, you know, I will always, I understand that the one common entity in my life is me. Yes. So how I turn up as, you know, because we can all train in a job, okay? So we can train to be, I don't know, a first aider, or we can train in our job to do a certain skill. Right. But that doesn't bring a lot of benefit to the other parts of my life. The one common thing in my life is me. So I turn up as a father, I turn up as an investor, I turn up as a mentor, I turn up as an author, I turn up whatever. Mm -hmm. So the point is, if I can actually improve me as a person, as an individual, then a better person turns up to all those roles. All right, let me take that. I'm Mm. going to jump from that moment, from that that point. You had your book out already or it, okay. Book book came later. So we have Pete talking now, who... Mm -hmm. I deduce, right, from what you're saying, is has developed into a better, you know, in inverted commas, person. And you're about to write another book. Mm-hmm. So that better person is better than the first book. Just give us the title of the first book. I, I, so be heard to be rich. Listen to your inner genius. Be heard to be rich. Listen to your inner genius. Okay, so now you're on the second book. What would you do as Pete today differently because you are a different person in 
in comparison to that first book, what would your second book look like? We're playing, I, we're playing here, okay? We're, yeah. We're, okay. Well, I, I trust my intuition a lot more. So before I would have taken moments of genius, moments of insight, moments of intuition, and I would have accepted the intuition, accepted the moment, tried to understand it, and then brought it into my conscious thought. Right. Okay. And sort of, you know, it's saying, right, this is the message. Let's go and right. understand this. Right. Now, what I very much do is saying that's, that's a thought that has come to me, or it's a, it's an idea mm -hmm. or something has come, but I will then sit in the silence and ask, is there any more? or how this should be interpreted. So I continue the connection, if you like. I continue that sitting there as opposed to then the ego or the conscious mind then coming in and saying, I know what this is all about. I know how to make this happen. Yeah. You know, as soon as they say, I know, because for me, the, you know, knowing is the language of the ego. Yes. Thinking is the language of the conscious mind. Mm -hmm. Feeling is the language of the subconscious mind and sensing is the language of the soul. Mm -hmm. All right. So let's repeat that. Can we, can we? Yeah. Yeah. So for me, like I say, knowing is the language of the ego, because if someone says I know something, that means that I have a, a you know, I have an intention, I have a thought of the way this is. Mm -hmm. And I'm quite close because I know and that's it. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking means it's coming from for me, the conscious mind, you think it because you know it, you've heard it before, or you've seen it or, you know, so this is premeditation, your your brain is saying, I think yeah. this, 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 I think you should change, I think I should do this, I think. So it's almost outside of ourselves, but it has, it's been premeditated again. When we go to feeling, when you ask someone how you are feeling, that's to me is the subconscious mind. You know, how do you feel about this? So this bypasses the chimp or the ego, as I call mm -hmm. it. So that sort of, how do you feel about that? It's good. Now there's still bias in there. There's still, yeah. you know, sort of other things going on. Now, if we want to go further and this is, this takes a bit of work, but that's saying, what's your sense? What do you sense is going on here? And this is almost worth looking at a, an energetic aspect, if you like, mm -hmm. you know, so saying overall, it's like, I, I'm sensing there's something else coming. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm sensing that this is leading somewhere or actually I'm on the wrong path or there's something else. You know, now, mm -hmm. how do you explain that? I don't really know. Do I know what it feels like? Yes, I do. Okay. okay. So um, I am a big one for language. So anytime yes. I'm talking to, not that I'm a language expert, it's mm -hmm. just in the way it's approached. Someone yeah. says, when someone says to me, you know, um, I know this or I think this, I know they're not speaking freely. I know that mm -hmm. they're, they're talking from the conscious or the ego. When someone says I feel sad or I feel you know, there's something going on. Okay. I can work with that. Or someone says to me this, I just, I get the sense that I'm, I'm meant for more. Okay. okay. That I can so definitely now, deal with. You, you said, you know, when, when someone says that I could work with them. So we're working, right? You're working, mm -hmm. you're working with mm -hmm. someone. Typically, would that be a person who, an individual who comes to you? Would that be a team of, uh, of employees from a company? Would it be a, a per, an entrepreneur, single person, what is the typical person you coach or work with? So, yeah, so it's either one-to-ones, typically um, entrepreneurs, it's people who want more. Um, and also, I, I also run masterminds. Oh, so what, what are they, masterminds? So a mastermind will be typically up to a group of 12. So a mastermind um, coaching program? 
Yes. Okay, so, so it's more than one. In there. So typically I'll, I'll run, it's, we, we have a set 12-week program. Okay. And that is going through. So we do an assessment of where they are today. Yeah. Then we look at, you know, what's going on in their lives. We look at their internal language. So uh -huh. the things they think about literally, themselves. Literal, literal mm -hmm, language, literally. Literal. Okay. Literally. Yes. Yep. So what people you, will say. Excuse me. Do you also uh, work on the language they use on their, uh, how they project themselves, their social media website, things like that? Is that something you work with or? I'm not, I'm not a media marketing person. Okay. That's not, um, I, I've always believed, you know, and this is the one thing with some coaching programs or others where I believe you have to get the foundations correct, you know, because if you're going to build, you know, a big presence, a big person, you have to fundamentally make sure that, you know, the actual foundations and that they're in alignment, they're in congruency with who they truly are, what they truly want. You have a lot of people come to me and they say, you know, they have these big goals and they want this financial income or they want this amount of achievement. Yeah. But then the problem is it's not set up correctly. And then you say, well, why do you want this? And you drill down and suddenly it's because I want to be seen or I want to be liked ah, or, okay, okay, you know, okay. I want I want some Ego. some significance. Yeah, yeah. And that to me is a false prophet. And the problem is, if that is not checked, then you could quite happily go five years down the path, 10 years down the path chasing after this to only discover that this is not a, what I wanted. So you can quite quickly get past all that and you say to people, what is it you want? And and I know for me, you know, I started off and we talked about core values and I would ask people what their core values are, which to me is very telling, mm -hmm. you know, and, and so I used to say there, you know, that, um, you know, for me, it would be either my core values there would be honesty, it would be sincerity, you know, it would be trying to think what else because it's that long ago but you know all these aspects yeah. but quite often that's your value because that's also your void okay there's mm -hmm. a thing called you know your voids are your values so you mean, when people when say i say, want honesty when you say hmm. your voids meaning that um honesty is a core value because people were not honest with me or i had difficulty being honest with others is that what you mean correct mm -hmm. correct so it becomes it, it's it's a highlighted issue or it's a highlighted thing because it's been something that's either been troublesome or missing in your life mm -hmm. so it's very common there that people you know a lot of entrepreneurs have come from lack in their childhood mm -hmm. and they want absolute excess in their adulthood because they know what it feels like to have nothing mm -hmm. now when they achieve it sometimes you get to the point of saying well now that i have everything you'll hear people sometimes will go broke will go bust they'll actually push the company to the point of breaking yeah. Yeah because they don't recognize having the riches they recognize the thirst for having the riches or the want for having the riches so if you then remove the want they now have lost their identity so this can be a cycle yeah unless you can bypass that and say well you know if your voids are your values then to me the the next question is what's your soul values that's more difficult to distinguish it is mm. and for me i came down and i you know, through a lot of work and saying, well, for me, it's love, connection and service. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm here for. You know, living is giving. It's that aspect of, you know, I'm here to, to love and to connect to myself and to others. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I'm not, you know, money doesn't mean as much to me. Don't don't get me wrong. I've done very well in property and there's a lot's gone on, but <clears throat> my desire to help others and what I would have wanted 
even five years ago or yeah. 10 years ago is completely different to what I want today. Oh, completely sweet. different, you know, and um, that's kind of also how for me, Fire in the Belly came about the show because mm -hmm. well, it was. Before we go to the fire, let mm, me go sure. back. Um, so we were back to where you mentioned sensing. We went from um, um, thinking and then sensing and, and you mentioned uh, how uh, if it's possible for a for a person to tell you how what do you sense and and uh, you mentioned well it's not clear how that works but there's a little intuition there there's a gut like your fire there's a, something in your gut that tells you to or tells you that um you talked about the the 12 week program the master mm -hmm. Master the mastermind. Mastermind. Yep. And let's talk just very briefly about the one to one. So you have an entrepreneur in front of you. Does that actual question ever come out? What are you sensing yeah. in relation to your business? When would that come out? It'll come out very early with anyone. Mm -hmm. You know, the, there's some people are seeking you know, because what we want and what we need are often two different things, mm -hmm. you know, so quite often people will go to a coach because they, they want to do more. But what they actually need to do is maybe work on themselves or they need to look at voids in their life. Mm. So quite often you have to try and mix the two because if you know, you might come in and say, well, I know that you need to work on the congruency, you need to work on a part of you, I can sense there's a real lack here or the language you're using is off. However, they've come to me for potentially business coaching mm -hmm. to grow their business. Yeah. So you, you have to be mindful about what they want and what they need. Mm -hmm. And the one couple of power, and you talked about senses there. I mean, the one great question you can ask someone is saying, do you think you're capable of more? You know, in what sense? If someone asked me that, I'm thinking, Oh God, we're at middle school. The teachers want more. I go to Sigma's middle school. The teachers are saying, but they could, they're capable of more. I feel like punching them. So what do you mean? Do you think you are capable of more? Well, that can mean any part of your life. So it could be in business. It could be as an author. It could be as, you know, as a, as a show host, you know, do you, do you sense there's more to this? You know, you've set off on this path. Can you explain why, or can you explain why you jump out of bed and All you right, keep ladies going? Ladies and gentlemen, Pete, mighty Pete here is making me think of writing about romance novels, paranormal romance, <laughs> when here I am with nonfiction, <laughs> knowing that my voice will be heard and I would help so many women while they're commuting to their jobs. <laughs> yeah. All right, now... I get that. I get that message because it is sort of a message. Now, I have to ask you a couple of things because, you know, like I haven't been asking, but I, I mean, I have to ask you more. <laughs> so there is Pete is born. Pete grows up. Pete has a crisis. Pete changes. And then Pete goes on and there's helping others. And he's instrumental in creating change for, for so many people. Now, Pete's here with me. And you have to tell me what's one thing you hate about what you do or what occurs in what you do that you can't stand. Uh, 
I actually don't know. There's very little I hate in my life. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Is there something or a part of what you do that you're about to change or that you're thinking that's not working, I'm going to change that? There's probably, I'm, I'm naturally a creator. Okay, I'm not uh, what we call a high red. So Mm -hmm. I am a creator. I'm best in my zone of genius. Mm -hmm. Um, And I get into a flow state in certain areas. My wife is almost the exact opposite. So she is, she's, um, she's a barrister. Oh, I I was thought you were going to tell me she's a destroyer. I see her with all these (laughs) weapons. (laughs) But she, she will literally, so if you ask me to read a book, so I'm also diagnosed if, if, it's, it, it's a label, but I'm diagnosed with uh, ADHD and dyslexia. Uh-huh. So, but if you ask me to read a book, yeah, it will take me a lifetime. Okay. Oh. It doesn't bring me leisure or pleasure. It's not, it just doesn't really do it for so me. You must um, be I'm very auditory and very creative. An audio book yes. listener. There you go. Right. A man after so my I'm, own I'm heart. Very audio, very, you know, very much in flow state. Mm-hmm. Um, You, you know. If you hand me a marker, I'll write in the walls. I'll go crazy. I love big mind maps. I go, you know, <laughs> my wife can sit and read a book from front to back. She will memorize where it is. She will listen. She will read. She'll do all this and, and almost the exact opposite to me, you know, and that's um, so when it comes to the 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 administration side, yeah. the sort of the ongoing side of, mm-hmm. of business, I will say to people, it's like once <clears throat> I'll join them when the business is on fire or something's happened, they need big change. However, when it comes to business as usual, you'll want to get me out of there because I'll start to either change things or wreck things. Uh-huh. You know, I'm not a person for stability or regularity. I, I like change. That's where what I see the, con- for me, the contrast comes and the energy comes in that contrast, in that comparison. Uh-huh. You know, here's where you could be and here's where you are. Uh, okay. You know, here's the worst thing that can happen. Here's the best thing that can happen. Well, that to me is an energy creation area, mm-hmm. you know, so that that produces transformation. But when it comes to just turning up, doing normal things, doing regular things, well, that's when, you know, my ADHD kicks in and I'm going to I'm going to cause trouble, you know, so, uh, <laughs> so, so I don't know if it's a hate thing, but it's better to get me out of the room when that starts to happen. <laughs> so I guess the short answer here would be that you change regularly change. You are changing every day. You're changing people, you're changing perspectives, you're changing, transforming their idea. I get that. Now I get that. That's that was uh, illuminating. So now what, well, that, what, what the title hmm. of the new book? <laughs> so the new book is called the power of experience okay so there it's in the works is there's a draft mm-hmm. title all right mm-hmm. so the power yep. of experience now this is a new direction mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. tell me more so it, it is and it isn't um i love sort of specific topics and and um to explain i suppose why i've suddenly it is ironic coming from a dyslexic now i'm only right. two years diagnosed as a dyslexic right yeah. so and, why, why and did, this is the, why did you have somebody do that did you were you worried that you couldn't get through reading or did somebody else push you to do it like it the barrister? so my <laughs> well my niece my niece was diagnosed so she had some trouble in school um and just it was it was picked up so some of the classes she was sort of falling behind on and so it was picked up with my niece now it was a running joke myself and my sister are very close mm-hmm. um both her and i it was like a running joke you know it's just yeah. we were always like well we are dyslexic we've just never been properly diagnosed right. um 
when my niece was diagnosed and it, it took a while because you know it my sister hadn't been diagnosed and so it was kind of like the first time uh-huh. um so what i decided very quickly was that actually it'll be if it's if it was going to occur in my in one of my three girls right then it would be much easier if i had been properly diagnosed sure. Sure. So then we would know to look out for it. Therefore, if we had to get to the stage right. of diagnosing for them, then it would just make life easier. So I did it more just as a as a housekeeping exercise. Right. However, it's been absolutely game changing. Ah. You know, for what me. About your sister, did, um, was she convinced to do it as well to to go and? She it? hasn't done it herself yet, mm-hmm. um, but she probably will. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's it's one of those things. But it is a running joke. You know, it's like, well, if I have it, you definitely have it. You know, so. Um, but what that taught me was, you know, and, and I, there's a thing, and, and I say to anyone is learn how you learn. Okay. Yes. Yes. But, you know, I have to say that um, the, if I think about the development of the talk that we're having, by no stretch of the imagination would I have ever thought that you would be diagnosed as an, uh, suffering from that. And I'll tell you why, because I did have um, another guest on um, who, after the show, or or during the show, I'm not sure, had mentioned it. And at one point, I asked my question, and sometimes, as you see, my questions are a little convoluted, and it takes me a little while to get them out. At the end of all that question, he said, can you repeat the question? And I thought, holy goodness, now what am I going to do? So I did repackage it in a smaller form and gave it. And then I realized that that was a form. It may be. I don't I don't know. What have, what are your experiences? Because I know that you are guests and um, you are guests on other shows and you speak publicly and you do have your your own podcast and, and you have to be functional in that capacity. How does it play out? So for me, it's very much been a strength. Um Good. You know, so with my with my own show, I will very much almost put myself into a zone, and I know that I'm I'm here. Um, I will ask, and this is where to me separating the ego and the intuition has been huge. Yeah. So instead of sitting with a set of questions, I'll literally try and get as close to what I was actually the question that popped into my head, and then we try and make it more beautiful or pretty or more. You know, whereas I'll just literally ask the question that comes mm-hmm. in and saying, well, why did you think that? Or, you know, I'm noticing that the body language is, you know, it's gone off here. Is there something? Yours or the guests? Quite often the guests, uh-huh. you know. Oh, give me um, an example because I don't, I, I never look at body language. Maybe I should. It's, and it could be anything from, you know, somebody looking at you in, into the camera. It could be their speed of reaction of how they respond to things. It could be ah. their level of enthusiasm. Uh-huh. You know, if I'm excited, I suddenly I talk more and oh, I go yes, faster and course, my voice course, goes up and all these oh, things. Yes, yes, um, yes, yes. So, and I have had it with some guests. I, I sense an incongruency. Um, and I had one actually two weeks ago. Um, and I literally, I couldn't, hand on heart, I couldn't. I Publish the episode. I know. You know, it's it because to me as well. who they are and, and who they were trying to say they were was totally different for me. I know. I know, know it happened to me, and um, I was aided in in a sense because the audio was so bad after the recording that I couldn't use it no matter how much I tried. And so that was that. But 
it was it was a chore. It was a real chore. Yeah. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> so you, um, let's say that you're every day. Um, well, no, I, I I say every day. You know, there's there's a thing called survival on the one hand, and then there's a, another thing called on the other end of the spectrum, living. And there are two different things. And so I I'm, I was about to say you you survive day in and day out but no because you seem to be perfectly capable of getting right into that you know into that skin of yours knowing full well who you are more or less because <laughs> that changes every second but um at the same time being in a a position of extending yourself because that's what you're doing because of your core values we spoke about them you mentioned how you would be comfortable in doing this type of extension. And so it seems to me that um, given the question that I just asked before about what would you change, and then you put me on the right track because you showed me very clearly, this is change. I am enacting change every moment mm. of the day with other people, and that's probably part of your mission as well. And um, what I like about, um, and this is not an evaluation, of course, about you, but what I like about the tone of the conversation is that Mighty Pete, I was so worried, you know, here he is, Mighty Pete, fire in the belly, oh my God, how am I going to control this guy? And here he is, a soft-spoken individual, you know, <laughs> and, and it's such a pleasure, it's such a pleasure to talk to you. I really do hope we have the chance to to communicate again and, and to have you back on, on Multiple Voices podcast, on this podcast. Um, I'm so happy that you're um, willing, and we just touched the surface. We didn't even go into so many things. We were talking about your book, and uh, I don't want you to go any further. Maybe that could be the topic of the next interview. How about that? Would you be willing? That sounds, sounds great. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'd, I'd, I'd say to anyone just to be a raving amateur in your life. Yeah. You know? Don't never take on the title of professional or anything. And just saying is be the most enthusiastic person in the room. You are an amateur. We're all amateurs. So we're all learning, making mistakes, doing our best, trying hard. So if you can do nothing more than be a raving amateur in your life, believe me, life will change. Yeah. Thank you for that. Thank you so much. We will talk again, Pete. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye bye. <laughs>